Hello and welcome to the Spring Office Hours podcast. My name is Dan Vega, Springdale Valper Advocate at VMware. With me, as always, is my good friend, Deshaun Carter. Deshaun, how are you doing, my friend? I am wonderful. I'm excited about this brand new format of the podcast. Things are looking up. I think we're going in the right direction. It is. And I just want to give a little bit of a background to everyone who might be hearing us on audio for the first time. This is the Spring Office Hours podcast. Uh, This is a chance for Deshaun and I. We've been doing this live stream here on YouTube uh, for a long time now, a little over a year and a half. And it's our chance to kind of connect to the community, answer questions, tell you about what's new in the Spring ecosystem. But it's been primarily a live stream. And now we're kind of branching out and we're going to let you enjoy it, whether it's on the drive to work, if you still go into the office, uh, if you're running on the treadmill, sometimes like me, I listen to podcasts on the treadmill. Um, This will be a great opportunity for for you to be able to catch the show in a different medium. But you can still join us live. We are live on YouTube. We've also kind of cut down on the amount of places that we're streaming to. Uh, So you can find us on the Spring Developer channel on YouTube. Um, And all the details for the show, you can head over to springofficehours.io, and we will include a whole bunch. You can listen to past live streams there, as well as we are updating that page to include where you can find us on the different podcast platforms. So yeah, I'm excited, Deshaun. More ears now. It's going to be exciting. So yeah, listen closely. You don't want to miss anything. Yeah, and we 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 kind of went back and forth about when should we start this, and like I, I think this is a good lesson for everybody um, when it comes to starting something new. Uh, nothing's ever going to be perfect. You want to try to get all of your T's crossed, your ducks in a row, and and do it perfect, but it's not going to be perfect. Like. The best thing to do is just get it out there and we'll iterate and we'll improve on this the same way that we do with our code. (laughs) Absolutely. The best time to start was a year ago. The second best time to start is right now. Exactly. Great. So um, we have some people joining us in the stream. As always, our good friend Simon says hello to you both. Nice to see you on a single channel. Uh, Yes, I agree, Simon. Makes it easier for us. Uh, hi, Ferg, Fergie Danny, and hello, Engineer Sempt. All right, so just for everyone joining us new, um, we are going, we have a little bit of an agenda each show. So our agenda is we're going to kind of talk about what's new in the Spring ecosystem. We do that by taking a look at the calendar. We take, take a look at um, some recent blog posts, just kind of news or anything that we want to talk about in the Spring ecosystem. Then we have kind of uh, our main topic for the day. Today is Spring Boot 3, uh, dot one, our first look at it. Uh, it was just released over the weekend, the RC, the release candidate one. So we'll talk about what's new in Spring Boot 3.1 and have a conversation around that. And as always, again, I think the main, you know, our main goal of this show is to connect with the community and answer questions. So if you are joining us live, please go ahead and ask your questions. If you are on the audio version of this, springofficehours.io, we are going to get a little ask a question pill up this week. 
So you'll be able to ask your questions and we'll make sure that we include your questions as well. Um, yeah, so what else do we got? How have you been doing? Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I am my journey right now. It's April, right? It's April, yep. 2023. And my primary objective, my mission number one is to get people upgraded to spring boot three. So like just it. about everything that I do, uh, is related in some way, shape or form to getting this community upgraded to spring boot three. It brings me joy. Nice. It will bring you joy as well. I, funny you say that, I just got off a talk where I was presenting Spring Boot 3 and kind of what's new in Spring Boot 3 and beyond. And I mentioned a couple things in Spring Boot 3.1. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, exciting stuff in Spring Boot 3. And yeah, everybody's not going to, so it came out in November. I know we're still trying to help people migrate because never just a flick of a switch there's an upgrade path and there's a lot of things that sometimes politics that goes into making that happen um so can do you have you in your experience with with customers developers operating the spring boot 3 have you have you found any problems or common themes that, that you're hearing yes i want to point to last week last week on the golden path to spring one shows on Tuesday, we had Paul Baker from Netflix, and Paul's session was about how Netflix really uses Java. He gave us a behind-the-scenes look at kind of the history of what they've done, the big decisions that they've made, you know, all the famous blog posts that they've written along the way. And he gave us a really good insight into how they make decisions, uh, what the value of those decisions has been, and how they've continued to change and, and change their architecture along the way. And it was a great history lesson. Then he also talked about how they're moving forward and what they're doing to move forward and their plans, how they're making progress, upgrading their thousands of apps to Spring Boot 3. The one thing that I often hear is, oh, well, we've got so many apps, we can't do it and it'll take too long. To hear Netflix <laughs> at their scale say, we've yeah. already taken a bite, we're already moving forward and this is great. That was a, it was a wonderful session. It was, yeah. I believe it's still the highest uh, viewed session that we've had of the this wow. series. But then on Thursday, we followed it up with Jonathan Schneider from Modern and Open Rewrite and all the ways that Open Rewrite can help teams move forward. So those two sessions combined with all the stuff that I've been, been doing with uh, customers around Spring Boot Migrator, uh, it has been just a wonderful, yeah, it's been a wonderful few weeks. I think it, it started really when we were in Atlanta I did some of these demonstrations in Atlanta and uh, the process of getting people moving forward. I, I can feel this community momentum where people are understanding that there's options and there's massive value from upgrading from older versions of Spring and Spring Boot to the newer and yeah, the GA versions that are later. Yeah. Yeah. Two things I want to touch on there. It's great that we get to talk to developers who may be a single developer working on a single app to Netflix, who is upgrading <laughs> to Spring Boot 3. So there is those two sides of it and everything in between. And two, I was going to mention uh, Atlanta. We have not been on together since we've been in Atlanta. Uh, wow, I'm still kind of buzzing from DevNexus. Uh, one of my favorite conferences I've ever been to, just because of the sheer fact of the Java community that was there and just like 
you're like, you know, when, when you see people online all the time, they're almost like fictional characters. Like when you don't talk to them in real life <laughs> and then you of, like see all these yeah. people and you're just like, wow, you're real. <laughs> like, it's great to meet you. Like Ted. You yeah, know, until yeah. until we had Ted on the show, you know, some I got to see him, but he was you was a famous person. Yeah. Uh, Ted M. Young uh, is on, and he's one of our, our semi regulars. And we we moved our schedule to support Ted, which we'll get to meet in Kansas City. I can't wait. Jitter Ted, yes. Uh, so yeah, he he made the comment. This is our dot one version of the podcast, mm -hmm. uh, but also we've got folks joining us, Fabricio saying hello guys hi guys greetings from argentina uh coding with calvin has joined us and he says dan makes me like java that might be the greatest compliment i've ever received that and one time on my youtube channel i got a, comp a compliment somebody said dan you have an oddly pleasing voice so those two are gonna go on my wall I, that's that's <laughs> wonderful to hear that is wonderful to hear ted says Thank you, calvin. i still have to upgrade my apps to 3.x and Calvin saying hi hey hey everyone. we're doing all the things we have a community here just in case you didn't know uh on our live show we do have a community of folks joining us from all over the globe and what's nice is you can come in and ask questions and a lot of times and i'm, I'm looking at you simon a lot of times uh, our community actually helps out so it's not that we get the chance to answer all the questions some days there's hundreds of questions and the nice thing is, is our community is here to help as well. So it's not just Dan and myself. It's also, uh, we'll have visitors from the spring team uh, that join in the chat and answer questions. Uh, but that's just a nice feature of this live chat. And yeah, the community that we've built. So Ted, if you haven't checked it out yet, I suggest taking a gander at Open Rewrite Spring Boot Migrator. There is a, or there was a Golden Path talk recently on it. Yes, thank mm -hmm. you, Simon. And Ted is sharing. Big fan of Open Rewrite. Hasn't taken anything to production yet. I'm excited to hear how that goes. And he says he was kind of waiting for 3.1 to come out. We'll look at the calendar. I believe it's sometime next month. So, again, RC1 out over the weekend. We'll, we'll take a look at that release as we go throughout the show. KCDC, it feels like it's right around the corner. It's getting there. I You know, we have some... some internal presentations coming up at the beginning of may and then yeah we got to get ready for kcdc so um i can already taste the barbecue in kansas city oh speaking of kansas city you guys got a big event going on uh thursday thursday yeah thursday the, uh nfl draft is happening here in draft? kansas city right down the it, street from me it just happened in cleveland a couple of years ago great time you should definitely go down and check out the festivities it was a lot of fun there so yes indeed Oh, yes, Ted. Ted is saying, I'm excited about better test container support in 3.1. Don't spoil the surprise, Ted. We'll get there. But he says, I'm crazy enough that I might deploy a 3.1 RC. And coming from Ted, this is a big deal. My belief, my opinion is, if your tests are passing, why not take it to production? And we know Ted writes tests. so Right? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I see no reason for him not to take it to production. Yep. Yep. All right, so those are all of our comments. Let me go ahead and bring this up. 
I'm going to move me off screen, share my screen. For those of you at home, don't worry about it. I will share with you what we are talking about. We are going to start this off by taking a look at calendar.spring.io. If you've not been here, this is a calendar that will tell you exactly what releases are happening and when in the spring ecosystem. Today is April 25th on a Tuesday, and we are looking at one release here for Spring Cloud Release uh, 2021. There were a bunch of things that happened last week, though, and since I wasn't here last week, I want to touch on a couple of them. Um, Spring Security had a bunch of releases, so 5.x releases and 6.0 releases, or 6.x releases. Spring Authorization Server is making some moves, so there was a release candidate one for Spring Authorization Server 1.1, which I believe plays well with Spring Boot 3.1. Spring GraphQL 1.2.0, there was a re release candidate one for that as well. Um, and then on Thursday of last week, we had Spring Boot 2.7.11. So again, another point release and uh, Spring Boot 3.0.6. And then it says Friday here, but I, know, I think this was actually Saturday, but the 3.1.0 RC1 was released. So there's a lot going on in the Spring ecosystem. There are a lot of projects. There's a lot of moving parts. If you ever want to stay up to date with what's going on, check out the calendar. You can look at it in a grid view. You can look at it in a list view. You can even click on a particular release to go over to the milestone and the release notes and find out what's going on with that particular release. Cool. Um, so let me see. Let me pull this off of here for now. Um, we want to talk... Let me see, let me pull up the blog and get here. Oops. Okay, so our topic for today is the Spring Boot 3.1.0 RC1 is now available. There's a blog post, we'll go ahead and link to that in the show notes. That links to the release notes, um, but the highlights are improved test container support, including support at development time, support for Docker Compose, uh, SSL configura configuration enhancements, and improvement for Docker image building. So let's jump into the release notes. So I think I want to start here, Deshaun, and I think you're a good person to kind of answer this for us. For those who may have worked in um, Java or a Spring application, but know nothing about Docker, do you have a high-level overview of what Docker is? Can you explain yes. Docker to me like I'm a five-year-old? Oof, uh, like you're a five-year-old. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, five-year-old, do you understand? Uh, all right. All right. My maybe, history. Not a, maybe not a five-year-old. <laughs> maybe I'm a 22-year-old. <laughs> so uh, first, all the blog. The blog is on uh, the Spring.io blog, spring.io slash blog. Uh, that's a great place you should have that bookmarked as well yeah. um docker docker containers maybe you've heard of them this idea for me i'll tell the story i was delivering applications to some vm that somebody else was controlling uh, and the config was changing but i was to deliver this war file to this uh tomcat instance on somebody else's vm that i had no access to uh, and then when there's a problem they'd ship it back and say hey you had to, you have to change it for this config <laughs> Uh, right. Where Docker came in for me was, hey, 
I could put all the configuration, I could put the operating system, I can make all the changes and have it in this nice tiny little box delivered the way that I could test it on my machine and I could deliver it to another uh, environment and have it be the exact same. There was no longer, it, it took away the, it works on my box because mm -hmm. it, it works in this container and this container is the thing that will be delivered. So it had all the things it needed to run the application uh, in whichever environment it was going to run. Yep. So that was the, the big thing. Yeah, I think um, I have a similar story as well. Um, you know, all the things that are needed to run an application. I think we've all been there at one point in, in our career. Maybe you start a new job. You get in, you get this like big word doc of like, here's how you set up your local development environment to run our application or suite of applications, right? And depending on the size of the company, this word doc can be a couple pages or hello, I'm gonna sit down and buckle in for the next month setting up my laptop. And the whole point of that is like, yeah, you gotta set up all these external dependencies, databases and um, message brokers and uh, test runners or anything like that, right? And so for me, Docker really solved the problem where it was like, okay, I could just include um, these containers. Uh, whoever needs to start on this application just runs this app and it just works without all of this like setup. Uh, so for me, that was onboarding new developers was like a really kind of like gotcha moment for me. So now it's it's 2023, right? Docker's been around for a decade-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, and before that, like the concept of these uh, soft tenancy uh, within the architecture within the operating system uh, that or within the CPU even uh, that soft tenancy concept has been around even longer, right? We had those jails, we had those concepts uh, in Linux, in Solaris, in FreeBSD for a long time, but now it's 2023 and it's not just Docker. Uh, and we've talked about it on this show where a lot of people use Docker, they're comfortable with Docker, but in production more and more people are using Kubernetes and you don't deliver jar files or war files to Kubernetes. You deliver Docker images or OCI images to Kubernetes. And yeah. that's what it's ran. Cool. So that's a little backstory on Docker. Um, let's talk about a little backstory on test containers. So you and I are both huge fans of test containers. Obviously, there's a new feature in 3.1 of test containers, but I just want to kind of cover what test containers is. So test containers uh, allows you to, so we, we just talked about Docker containers. Test containers allows you to throw away these, uh, or create these throwaway lightweight instances of a container that you can just uh, have kind of pre-configured, ready to go and throw away when you're done. And this has mainly been used for tests. That's why it's called test containers. So one of the one of the kind of natural scenarios that comes up is, I'm working on my local laptop. We we are using Postgres in production, but I don't want to set up Postgres or I don't want to load all this data into a Postgres database on my local machine. I'm just going to use test containers to run. Um, uh, an instance of Postgres, as opposed to testing with something like H2, which we, you know, which we've done in the past, mm -hmm. and then we've come into production and found edge cases that we didn't find in our development environments. So yeah, test, test containers, 
Oh, test containers yeah. let me stop maintaining an ASU schema for tests along yep. my production Postgres schema. Exactly. So you had two different schemas. And again, like there were little edge cases that you may not have caught that you caught in production. And that's not a place where we want to catch problems, right? So, I um, mean, it's not just for databases. Um, there are a whole bunch of, of scenarios where this, this actually works out well. And I think one of the things that really surprised me when I started using test containers was just how fast it was. I thought, okay, I don't like to write tests as it is because if they're gonna be slow, I'm just not into running slow tests. Like I need instant feedback as to what's going on in my application or I'm not gonna write those tests. And lo and behold, you know, I found out that they were, they were very fast. So I enjoy writing those test cases. Um, so that's con test containers. So for those of you at home, we're on the release notes. We're looking over the release notes. I'm going to look at the new and noteworthy section. We're going to talk about this first one, which is test containers. And that's using test containers at development time. So we now have support for using test containers to manage external services at development time. And that's been introduced. Um, the way that this is happening is through something called a service connection. The support for creating service connections from test containers managed containers uh, introduced in M2 has been improved. So basically, uh, as a we have this new Spring Boot test containers module, and now we can say, hey, we're using uh, Postgres in production. I want to use Postgres in my development, in my test, and instead of configuring a container myself, I can just use test containers, which I'm already using anyway, and uh, create a service connection, and now I can use it for both dev and test. Uh, so I, I imagine you're excited about this. I am. I, I actually I got a glimpse of what this looks like uh, from Oleg Shalaev from Test Containers team. Uh, he came and did a session for us and one of our customers. Uh, I got a glimpse of what this could look like. What it could look like is local development, and I got really excited about it. For a long time, I was delivering, and I think we've, we've all seen it, where there's like a Docker Compose that we can deliver along with our stuff. And I saw a, a different way. I saw a way of delivering this code uh, without having to do uh, a separate Docker Compose. I could maybe clean it up a little bit. But this idea of delivering test containers as a local environment is amazing to me. It also makes it so that yeah, I don't have to install something on my machine, but I can also switch between machines. Mm. Right? The only interface I need is is Docker. And I I, I love this because you know, we're getting closer and closer to no. It it works on my machine. Like if it works on my machine, it's going to work in production. So um, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, any comments here in the chat? Um, yeah, they're in the chat. We're talking about how fast, how far test of containers have come. Uh, Simon showed us or mentioned that there a new Oracle test container is a lot nicer than previous ones. So we're just kind of, again, our community is taking care of our community. Uh, Simon also commented about the H2 variances uh, of the dialect and yep. how that can be a struggle. We understand. So we understand. Step it's definitely fly. bitten me in the butt a couple times. Yeah, maintaining two flyway migrations. Uh, yeah, we don't have to do that. So Test Containers has done so much for the community at large and continues to do so. And now with this new release, I'll let you continue. 
Yeah, and you know what? Um, and I see the test containers group at every conference we're at, and it's so easy to like get behind a project when everybody on the team is just so awesome. So, if you've yep. never met uh, Sergey or Oleg or and you know anybody from the team is just awesome. So if you get a chance to say hi to them at a at a conference, and do, do so. Yeah. Yes. Great group. Okay, so that's one. Uh, the next thing has to do around Docker containers again. This is with Docker Compose. So a new module, Spring Boot Docker Compose, provides integration with Docker Compose. When your app is starting up, the Docker Compose integration will look for a configuration file in the working, working directory. So this has happened to me in the past. So uh, again, talking about containers, if you want to say start up a Postgres database as a container, you can write a Docker Compose file you stick it in your application. Normally what's happened in the past is, uh, I know this has happened to everyone. I start my application, something fails, and I go, oh, I forgot to start the Docker Compose file. I forgot to run Docker Compose up or start it from IDE. Now I need to go run it and then, um, and then it's running and now I can use it. What this does, it does a couple of things. One, it's going to look for that file. So it looks for some files by naming convention. So compose YAML, compose.yml. I never understood why there's YAML and YML. Like, can we just have one? Um, Docker-compose YAML and docker-compose.yml. So it's looking for these files. If it sees it, it's going to automatically start up or run Docker Compose up for you. So any services you have in that file, if you had a bunch of services, it's going to start all of those for you before it actually tries to run your application and, and then it goes down. Here's the second thing that's really interesting to me is that in the Docker Compose file, you are providing connection details to say a Postgres database. Uh, what is the host? What is the port? What is the username? What is the password? In the past, you've had to duplicate that in your application.properties. No longer do you need to do that. It will pick up the properties from that Docker Compose and use those as the properties in your application. So now all you got to do is provide that file, run your application, and everything is working. Um, so that's pretty cool. There are some settings uh, that you can look at. They're in the release notes here. Um, that you can say like, hey, I, I only want it to start. I don't want it to stop it, or I want it to start and stop it. Um, by default, it starts and stops the container. Um, but this is really, really exciting. Um, it says that the following services are supported. So you have things like Elasticsearch, MariaDB, MongoDB, MySQL, Postgres, RabbitMQ, Redis, and Zipkin. And I'm sure there will probably be support for, for others in the future. So I'm excited about that. Uh, how about you? I'm, I'm super excited about it, right? It's just it's just one step, right? The thing I like about the Spring ecosystem is that team, they continue to make our lives easier. And this is just, it should be expected. You know, we knew it was going to happen eventually. And uh, yeah, they just continue to, to do these great things just to make it that much easier for us to get from my laptop to production. Yep. And I can, I can hop between projects. Mm -hmm. Like this is just, it's a great thing. Yeah, this is again, just uh, I can hand a project off to somebody else. They can just run the project. And 
and they're they're good to go. No longer do do developers have to like sit here and install this stuff. And oh, it's that's that was always like a pain point to me. And now it's just like, hey, uh, not only that, but like demos I build. Like when I build a demo for somebody to like learn from something, like I yeah, I don't want you to have to install all these things and like do these all this like setup work. Just run the project and. I remember being um, a new developer and like downloading huge projects yeah. from from somewhere and like trying to run them and like it just never worked. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I love the direction that we're going. I keep, you know, we say this every year, but um, I wish I had what you kids have now when I was. These young. kids don't understand. <laughs> they got it. Uh, Let me tell you, get it. <laughs> uphill both ways. <laughs> It was three letters, F-T-P. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, cool. So that's Docker Compose. Um, just a couple other small things I want to touch on. The SSL configuration, I haven't dug into this yet, so I'm not entirely sure how this works yet. But um, there is uh, the SSL trust material, such as a Java key store, uh, can now be configured using properties and applied to connections of various types, such as embedded web servers, data services, REST template, and web client in a more consistent manager manner. So check that out. Don't break out my C code, folks. Yep, we will yes, do it. We, exactly. we do not want to take Glenn down that path. Glenn, you were like reading my mind because the, that is the exact project I had in mind, downloading some kind of C, make file, trying to run it. And I couldn't, so. Um, continuing down the Docker path, there are a couple changes to building Docker images. Yes, uh, Just one. being able, yeah, just being able to add some more data to building that Docker image. So there's a image created date and time. So you can, in both, this is both for Maven and Gradle, you can configure the created date and time now, which is nice. You can also configure the image application directory uh, by setting the application directory configuration option. Right, like the, the big thing, you know, a lot of times we're making these images locally and that that image date, you know, created 42 years ago or 43 years ago. <laughs> uh, I'm sure everybody's seen it at least once. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we don't have to see that anymore. That's, That's awesome. Again, these small changes, we all knew how to handle it, but these small incremental changes, we're iterating on it and yeah, it just... Keeps on getting better. Cool. Um, so Spring Authorization Server is a big one. Again, we need to do a show on Spring Authorization Server. Uh, Long overdue. But yep. Um, but we are we're just moving right along with that project. Again, 1.1.0 1 or 1.1.2, maybe there's there's a new RC out there. What this is adding in Spring Boot 3.1 is support for device grants with Spring Authorization Server. So uh, that's been added to auto configuration for the Spring Authorization Server. There's three new properties that have been introduced under spring.security.oth2.authorizationserver.client. Um, and those are for device grants. So if you use Authorization Server and you're looking for auto configuration support for device grants, check that out. Um, there are a bunch of dependency upgrades. So in any of these uh, point releases, we get a lot of dependency upgrades. All the things that we talked about on the calendar, the Spring Authorization Servers, the Spring for GraphQL, Spring Security, um, those are all moving. We're moving to uh, Jackson 2.15. 
And I believe there was kind of a quick note on that at the top. Um, yes, so Spring Boot 3.1 upgrades to Jackson 2.15. Please refer to the Jackson Wikidocs uh, to learn more because it may affect your application. One notable change in 2.15 is the introduction of processing limits. To tune these constraints, define a Jackson 2 object mapper builder customizer, and the docs here, the release notes, give you an example of how to do that. Um, also, Makito 5, so Spring Boot 3.1 upgrades to Makito 5, uh, specifically 5.3, so that's cool. And then in the release notes, there are um, just a few miscellaneous changes that are happening here. Um, but overall, uh, pretty pretty exciting changes in a dot release, right? Like this isn't a major release, this is a dot release and some really nice developer productivity uh, changes coming to 3.1. Excellent. Excellent stuff, exciting stuff. Go back to the bottom, there was one deprecation Oh, it was one specific around spring security that caught my yes. eye. First one. So, in um, any of the release notes, uh, this is a good thing to point out. In any of the release notes for spring, if you look down at the bottom, there'll be deprecations. So, hey, this is getting deprecated. Two versions later, this will be removed. So, in 3.3, whatever's being deprecated here will be removed. And the first one is the. Um, OAuth 2 client properties registration adapter in favor of the OAuth 2 client properties mapper. Um, so just a little bit shorter. You have you get to type less code, I guess. <laughs> um, and then there's an SSL store provider that's been deprecated in favor of SSL bundles. A lot of times what we're doing, there's more than one way uh, to get the desired outcome. And sometimes the the method names or things kind of find favor in the community. Sometimes the naming things is hard and sometimes naming matters, right? It makes it easier to understand from the community. So we get feedback yeah. along the way on, Hey, maybe this is a better name. And sometimes that's it too. It's just that there was a better way of naming something for what it was actually doing. Yeah. Sometimes there's too many ways of doing the same thing. And yeah, yeah we like to help, you know, options are good, right? Options are good, but uh, yeah, sometimes having opinions are good as well. Speaking of, I'm looking at the spring.io blog. There is a This Week in Spring from our own Josh Long, and he mentioned the new 3.1.0. He also did a live stream on this and went through some of these features. So if you want to check out his video, go ahead and check that out. Um, and there's also a lot of really great info in here. Um, if you're not following along with This Week in Spring, it's a really good way to be caught up along with this show on what's new in the Spring ecosystem. So cool. I'm going to get off of here and put our lovely faces back on the screen. For those of you at home, you missed a whole lot of me browsing a web page. So uh, <laughs> if you don't want to miss that, join us live. We are usually live every Tuesday at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time, or EDT, as they say. So cool. Questions. Do we have questions? Wait, all of our questions, I think, have been added. We've got a comment 
about the random remark Makito 5.3 adds assert arg, which is a nice improvement for a lot of argument captor use cases. Nice. Uh, and Solitary Turian asks, Ted, since you're here, what's your point of view on all the spring beans that these testing tools introduce? I always felt they corrupt the spring context since they won't be in production. And Ted just responded, I don't have a problem with test beans. I guess I don't see it as corrupting the context since they do not exist. Yeah, this is a good time to uh, talk about slice test too. Uh, I like kind of talking about slice tests whenever I get a chance. So um, for, for when you're writing tests for your application, one of the things uh, that you'll run into is as your application grows, as your complexity starts to grow, you might notice your application tests slowing down. So everything's kind of getting slower. Why is that? because we're creating more classes. More classes are getting introduced and put into the application context. Every time I need to restart an application, that entire context got, has to reload, right? So there is an idea of slice tests in Spring where it's saying, hey, I just want to test the web layer, or I just want to test the data layer. And what that does is it doesn't load every single class in the entire application context in your application. It only loads the relevant bits. So you'll find your application tests uh, get a little bit faster. So if you aren't aware, slice tests are pretty awesome. Go ahead and check them out. Ted adds, slice tests are vital to isolating and speeding up tests. Mm -hmm. Agree. Agree. Cool. Um, Cool. What else is going on? Well, go ahead and get your questions in. We'll try and eat up a little time here. We got a few more minutes. Uh, what is the next month of your life looking like? What are you doing? Uh, I, I'm making a trip to Wichita tomorrow. Nice. Uh, for a nice. VMUG group. We're going to talk about Kubernetes. We'll talk about what that means for infrastructure engineers uh, and cool. what the future looks like if they're not there already. And I'll address, you know, yeah, the, that ever expanding ecosystem around Kubernetes and what, what it means to be cloud native. Uh, nice. I'll also address kind of the difference between on-prem and moving to the cloud. What are some of those struggles and yeah, what are the, some of the things we can do to help us along that journey? Then next week I will be in Atlanta. Uh, oh yeah. And I'm excited about that. It'll be two days of, of all the spring and Tanzu goodness. And then shortly after that, I will be heading to spring IO. Ooh, exciting times. And I know that one of our community members, uh, Thomas, is going to be yeah. presenting. You know, yeah. I'll, hopefully, I'll get to have lunch with Thomas in yeah, person. Yeah, that'll be great. Life. Is he, um, do you know what he's, is he presenting on some of the work he's been doing with, um, yes. like, Time Leaf? Yes. Cool. Service engineering and Time Leaf. He's, he's That's awesome. And, yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. I know. Ted said, Spring IO, I'm jealous. I am jealous too. I cannot even go there. And uh, I really wanted to do that. I do get to um, see Glenn in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Again. Atlanta. Again. Yeah. Two two Glens in one month. That's great. It is. Um, it's going to be amazing. I will be presenting at that customer meeting as well, but virtually. Uh, oh, yeah, this is a very good question. I've been spending a lot of time on this. Does the Spring Boot team make any official work on open rewrite recipes for migrating between Spring Boot upgrades? This is a good question. 
So for those of you that don't know, we've talked about it. I think I maybe talked about it last week. Open Rewrite is a way of programmatically migrating your code. Uh, the idea that we can go and write a program to upgrade from Spring Boot 2.7 to Spring Boot 3. This exists today. And the question is, does the Spring Boot team make any official work? Like, what does that mean? Well, Open Rewrite is is uh, open source ecosystem itself. Uh, and they are just Java programs. The Spring Boot team does contribute. You can go and look and see in the GitHub repository, you can see that this, there are Spring Boot team members contributing to these recipes. But is there any official like, hey, we're going to make any promises on, on this, that, or the other? That does not exist today. But what does exist is the Spring Boot migrator. And that is an experimental project that is making its goals to make it easier to upgrade Spring. And I'm spending a lot of time using that tool. It's a great tool. So even when there's not something, uh, a recipe that can migrate your code automatically, what the Spring Boot Migrator tool aims to do is provide you some guidance. So let's say it runs into something, hey, we don't have a recipe to upgrade from A to B. It'll actually provide you, hey, in this case, from this version to the next version, you should go look at this doc and it'll point you right to the documentation that tells you how to migrate from A to B. And that's pretty exciting stuff. So this, the answer to the question, I'll bring it back up. The answer to the question, does the Spring Boot team make any official work on open React recipes for migrating between Spring Boot upgrades? I think it's safe to say there's no, there's nothing uh, that you can get support on or a contract around. But beyond that, the, the team here at, at VMware and Tanzu Labs, they can help you. If you're you know, doing this at scale, they can help you write those recipes and they can teach your team, your organization, how to write recipes going forward. Because it's not just about the things that exist in the open source ecosystem. A lot of our customers, the things that they're running into the most is we've released version A of our library internally and we'd like to upgrade that internal library to Spring Boot 3. So once you've done that for your internal library, how do you get your internal customers to consume that? How do you get your internal customers to make that upgrade from A to B? And we can come in and help you write those recipes, give you training on those recipes and how to write them so that you can deliver your internal libraries along with open rewrite recipes that you don't need to uh, publish out to the open source ecosystem because they're internal, right? But that whole process, I look forward to a future where the idea of open rewrite and having a recipe for any of the breaking changes becomes the reality. That'll be the norm. Great. Um, just looking through comments here. Yep. Glenn says, we, we, we might get into some trouble. There might be some <laughs> shenanigans happening. Uh, Simon says, yeah, be a nice fellow and if possible, contribute a new recipe. Absolutely. If you're doing something, a yep. recipe or something that exists in the ecosource, the open source ecosystem, absolutely share it back. And like you, uh, you are doing something at your company that's probably that might be unique. Guess what? It's probably not that unique. Somebody else is doing that and could benefit from that work that you do. So, yeah, please do contribute back if you can. Wonderful. All right. Um, that was a good question. Thanks for asking it. All right, so yeah, we'll we'll see if any other questions come in. Uh, this is usually an hour show, so uh, just to let you know about that. 
again, I just want to let everybody know about some upgrades that we'll be doing. If you go to springofficehours.io, on the homepage there is information about this podcast. You can find archives of our past streams. I will also go ahead and add some info there as to where you can find us on all the different podcast networks. Most importantly, I want to get a ask a question button there. So this will be a place where you can go in and ask your questions. If you can't join us here on the live stream, if you are listening to us uh, on audio, you're running on that treadmill right now and you're going, oh, I just thought of a question. How can I ask a question? This is going to be a way you can ask a question. We will collect those and go through those, you know, as we can, uh, you know, a few at a time on each show or as many as we can get to. And we'll try and answer those questions. So please check it out. Springofficehours.io. And um, Deshaun, stickers. Do we have any stickers? stickers? Yep, yep. The the next batch of stickers will be oh. going out this week. Uh, we have another big batch that's going out all over the world. All you need to do to get your spring office hours stickers is send an email to stickers at springofficehours.io. And all you need to add is your address as it should be put on the envelope coming from Kansas City, Missouri in the U.S. That's, I think, been the biggest problem is how do we label these? How do we send out these uh, stickers all over the world? But yeah, well, now, at springofficehours.io. Now that we're on um, all the podcasts everywhere, you might get a thousand requests. So you have to get them in quickly because we only have so many stickers. And when they run out, they run out. This batch is a limited run. So um, uh, this Glenn brings up another... Another good reminder. Yeah, just a reminder from Glenn uh, on the Spring Team. Spring Boot end of open source support is 11-18 of this year, 2023. Uh, so good to know. Don't get left behind. All right. Um, we will get next week's uh, new episode scheduled. Uh, we have a bunch of exciting things that we're working on over here. Again, we are just kind of running with it. We will iterate and get better. Um, but uh, I wanted to kind of introduce something that we can do at the end of each show, Deshaun. This is a little bit surprise to you. This is me kind of jumping off the cuff. But I wanted to kind of have a just one more thing segment. Excellent. This is a chance for us to kind of share anything uh, that we want. Maybe it's spring related, maybe it's personal, whatever you want, you get to share something and I will give you a second to think about that and I will go first. Um, I'm sharing a tweet that I sent out because I want to manifest some goals for this year. Um, so again, if you're if you're not following me, head over to Twitter at the real Dan Vega. I'm trying to manifest some goals for the year. I would love to run a half marathon. I'm not there yet. I'm at like a 10K. Um, I can do that. I want to perform in Vegas. So I said perform in Vegas. Uh, there's a good chance I'll perform there as a developer advocate at Spring One. Uh, I'm shooting towards 50,000 YouTube subscribers. That sounds crazy, but I'm at almost at 30 now. Uh, so that's not that far off. Believe me, once the snowball starts rolling down the hill, it gets a little bit easier. Uh, that's still just mind-blowing to me, though. Um, 5,000 newsletter subscribers. If you want to subscribe to the newsletter, head over to danvega.dev. You can sign up right there on the homepage. I have dreamed of being a Java champion, Deshaun. 
this is why I'm using this as my one more thing. I'm putting it out there. If you'd like to nominate me, please go ahead and do so. My other thing is I want to hang out with all of you amazing people. Um, I can't wait to, to, to hang out with Ted at Kansas City. Hopefully we get some good uh, barbecue. I just I love hanging out with everyone. We'll I had a block. Maybe we'll go for a run. For sure we will. Um, I had so much fun in Atlanta hanging out with people. And last but not least, try to not like put all of these at the forefront of my thoughts and enjoy the ride. I want to be very mindful of what's going on. Arun Gupta's uh, keynote from Dev Nexus is still very much in my mind. Uh, I really enjoyed his keynote presentation. One of his things was, you know, really being mindful of everyday tasks. So cool. That is my just one more thing for this week. Do you have anything? Uh, first, I'll say Simon says to make your Twitter more findable, maybe also add your handle like Deshaun. And Ted Young gives a Good. exclamation point to KCDC Run. Let's nice. make it happen. Yes. Let's make that happen. Uh, my one more thing is I'm having a lot of fun just being live and just uh, being open about what I'm working on. Last week, I spent a lot of time working on Bill Packs. Uh, that's a, a, yeah, a passion project of mine is working on these ARM64, the multi-architecture support for Bill Packs. Um, there is a steering committee uh, position that's open up. So I'm going to put it out there. I would like to be a part of the Build Packs steering committee and spend some time on there. Uh, the other piece is the J Releaser Build Pack. J Releaser does not have a Build Pack yet. And mm -hmm. I started working on the J Releaser Build Pack, just a Build Pack. That's they just awesome. say, hey, I would like these things to be released as part of the build. So I've been working on those. And that's been, yeah, that's my one more thing Build Packs. Cool. Friends don't let friends use Docker files. Exactly. That's a really good way to end the show. Uh, again, this has been a fun live stream up until this point, but now we are officially the Spring Office Hours podcast. We want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, again, you can find us here live every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Spring Developer YouTube channel. You can learn more at springofficehours.io. We thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week. Take care.